Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes through modern, liberal Jewish eyes. Sometimes it's just me, and other weeks I'm in conversation with another rabbi or a Jewish thought leader. Thanks for tuning in. Whenever I'm reading Torah, I think relatively often about something that One of my professors said years ago, when I was in rabbinical school, I sadly can no longer remember exactly which professor it was or exactly what got said, but this was circa 2005 in what was probably my third year rabbinical school homiletics class, which is to say sermon writing class, where the professor said something like, we always read Torah through the lens of whatever's going on in our minds and in the world around us. And that part of writing a good sermon, part of delivering a message from Torah, is to know that we are bringing that lens to the way that we read the text. The rabbis of the Talmud actually say something similar. This is in Tractate Avot, the teachings of the great sages of the early rabbinic period. It says... Ben Bagbag Omer, the rabbi named Ben Bagbag, says, Hafochba vehafochba necholaba. Turn it, turn Torah, around and around, because everything is in it. In other words, whenever we read Torah, we find something new, often because we're bringing something new and bringing something different to our reading of Torah. We're bringing whatever's on our minds, whatever's going on in the world around us. That was certainly the case for me this week as I opened up this week's Torah portion, Bamid Bar, which is the first parsha in the book of Numbers, the book of Bamid Bar, and it's all about counting of the people and census and military matters, in fact. And all I could think about, because clearly this is what was on my mind, was the latest horrific mass shooting, what happened last week in Uvalde, Texas. Of course, the Parsha is not exactly about that, but it does have something to say for a moment like this one. Bamidbar, as I mentioned, is the first parasha in the book of Bamidbar, which in Hebrew means in the desert, because this book, this entire book, takes place during the 40 years of desert wandering between Mount Sinai and the Promised Land. In English, the book is called Numbers because of what happens in this parsha, because it opens with a counting, a numbering of the people in the wilderness. It says, Se'uet rosh koladat b'nei Israel, lift up the heads or take a census of the whole Israelite community by the clans of its ancestral houses, listing the names every male head by head. Then the Torah goes on to say that Moses and Aaron should record them by their groups from the age of 20 and up, all those in Israel who are able to bear arms. So you can already see how this would make me think about matters of guns and shooting and bearing arms. In fact, when I saw that phrase in the Torah portion, I was so jarred by it that I immediately looked at the Hebrew to see what it was actually saying. And I discovered that in Hebrew, it doesn't say to bear arms at all. It says kol yotzeid sava, which means literally all those who are able to go out with the army, with the fighting force. 
So while I wouldn't try to draw too tight a parallel, it's worth noting here that when the Torah is dealing with matters of weaponry and fighting, it's dealing with military matters, not with matters of self-defense, not anything civil or a right to bear arms, so to speak, but rather a responsibility to work together to defend the nation. That's point number one. It certainly dovetails with my political beliefs, with my understanding of the purpose of weaponry, even though I don't think it is the role of Torah to set national policy. But the second, and maybe more textually interesting point I wanted to make, comes a little earlier in that verse, when it says, Se'uet Rosh, take a census of the whole Israelite community, Vamispar Shemot, listing the names head by head. So this census, this counting of the people, is not strictly a counting, or not only a counting of the people, but also a listing of their names. When Moses and Aaron and their helpers conduct this census, they're supposed to list not only the number of people present, but also their names one by one by one. Well, at least all the males of fighting age. I think we have to acknowledge that this census does not include children or the elderly or women. But at least within that category, the names are all to be listed. The commentators notice this, and they have some interesting things to say about it. Rashi, the 11th century French commentator, says that this is because the people were so dear to God that God counts them every now and then. And here I want to quote my colleague, Rabbi Lauren Grabel Herman, who I don't know, but I found her writings online. And she says, quote, Here is one of the most heartfelt personal images of the divine as a source of love who is in relationship with people and the world. It conveys an image of a God who feels that every life is precious, so much so that God actively wants to be close to each individual in the times of their greatest triumphs and as well as their greatest suffering. I think that's a really beautiful and important image that God cares about the people as individuals. That dovetails really nicely with what the 16th century Italian commentator Sforno says, which is that the census listed names because every person was thought of bishmo hamore alzurato haishit vimalatam, thought of by their name, which recognized their individual virtues and their stature of character. So the message of the census in this parsha, at least according to the commentators, seems to be that God cares individually about every person, that God recognizes the individuality, recognizes the unique goodness of each person, and that it is the responsibility of society then also to recognize, and by extension we could say to safeguard, each individual life, because every person brings something unique into the world. That brings me back once again to the horrific scene last week in Uvalde, Texas, where 21 people were murdered, 19 children and two adults. And one of the responses to this that I keep seeing is for people to list their names and their pictures and information about them on social media in order to send the message that these are not numbers. These are people who have families and lives and who had futures. And 
As it says in the Talmud, Anyone who destroys a single life is as though they destroyed an entire world. The names, the photos, the lives of these people are entire worlds. It should be the responsibility of society and the role of law to recognize and safeguard each individual life, even when and especially when that societal responsibility comes up against a desire to own weapons, to possess that which can destroy life. Now, again, I'm not a politician. I'm not here to set policy. But it does seem to me that when we read Torah, that is the fundamental principle. And everything else must be set in relation to that societal responsibility. Ultimately, the Torah and the commentators come to remind us of a simple lesson. People are not numbers. People deserve to be treated as, to be thought of as, and to be remembered as people. So those 21 individuals who were murdered last week, their lives made a difference. Their lives mattered and they made a contribution to this world. And it's now the responsibility of society to make the changes that will ensure that there will not be any more victims like them in the future. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoy this program, I'd appreciate if you'd leave a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. You can also join us in our Facebook group, 7-Minute Torah, Listen and Discuss. Please join me again next week as we make modern meaning out of ancient texts.